Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. We try to prepare every single week. We're like, we're not going to be talking during the intro. And here we are going, is it 9 a.m.? Is it? So welcome, everybody, to Vox Vomitus, otherwise known as Word Vomit. (laughs) I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the Kindle Award-winning novel, Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series and Pretty Ugly. Joining me today, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen, Alison Martine authoress of the bourbon books which includes dibs since september and move on melinda joining us today is georgina cross author of the very newly released nanny needed i this is when i would normally hold up the book but i read it on kindle so you should hold up the book for me because the cover is great yeah i'll do it awesome awesome so georgina tell our audience a little bit about yourself and a little bit about nanny needed Okay. Uh, While I drink. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. We were just saying right before we saw the live banner go up um, that we, we feel like we know each other. And this this is so cool because I love when it's stuff like this. Unstructured. We're just chatting. Uh, so I'm Georgina Cross. I live in Huntsville, Alabama. Um, I have three books out now. Nanny Needed just came out October 4th. Uh, which is crazy because it's my third book in about a year. And um, what? Reason- we'll get to that. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, yes, that would be good to talk about. So it's been busy. Um, it's been fun. It's been exciting. You know, all three of my books came out during COVID. And then I finally got to have a party for Nanny Needed. But I made sure that I had a cake for each of my other books because I didn't want them to you know, <laughs> feel bad. To be jealous. Yeah. And so, uh, but... Yep. So, and then Nanny Nita, as I said, that's my, my latest book and um, it's with Penguin Random House, which is super fun. And they seem to have really been excited about this book, which I love. And it came out in October, so right before Halloween, it's spooky read season. And, um, and the feedback I'm getting from people is, you know, this, this thing is crazy. It's wild. It's different. You got to kind of suspend all belief for certain sections, but I think that's the fun of it. <laughs> Fiction. <laughs> yes. And you know, I will, I hate to cut you off, but that is one of the things Allison and I binged this book and I think it took us each a little over a day, mm-hmm. but we were like one day apart. So she finished and then I was like, I'm almost there. Um, before we have our talk about the book and we were both like, usually it's just one of us going, what did you think? And then both of us at the same time being like, blah, 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 blah. Like that's the word vomit of it. Um, and we both in like all caps were like, I loved it. And then the next thing was like, you know, some of it was not believable, right. but I did not care at all. Yeah, <laughs> By the time we got to some of this stuff where I'm like, I'm going to take issue with, and then I won't spoil any of that, but some of the things where I'm going, I'm trying to visualize exactly how this scene could have happened. <laughs> By that point, I was so invested. I was right. just like, no, you know what's given. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you can, you can swear. Why did the pet house doors, I think, it was Colette's world. So it was it was anything can happen and, and, and grief can do really trippy things. Um, and it can make you hear and see things. And, um, you know, not to make this conversation a sad one, but when I had a, a good friend of mine passed away, and for days, I thought I could hear her. I mean, I could hear her footsteps. I could hear how she would walk down the hall. Um, you know, so I was just in that penthouse. I took liberty of anything could happen, especially when there's an entire household staff. That's like 
coddling them and feeding yeah. into this belief. And if you want something, if you want to believe something so much, I think sometimes mind over matter, you can make it seem real. And that's what it is. That's, that's what, what the is about. So I, you know, I, I said, I think on Instagram, I was like, this book is grief. It's trauma. It's a thriller. Um, I love, it sounds so weird to say like, I love writing about grief. You but, do though. But I do. I've written multiple <laughs> books that I, are like grief horror. Yeah. Because I think, again, when you're experiencing grief, anything can happen. And things that are not real can very much appear real. Mm-hmm. So it can be a ghost or a, a, a child. Yeah. Or well, a ghost I was, of a child. I right. was even going to say, I never felt like the the mental states, the mental states were so real and so vivid. I had no problem believing any of that part. There were just a few other things that happened later where I go, I don't, what? Uh, Okay. Well, we're not going to get into the details there so that we don't have to explain and try to figure out whether or not those details are possible. So I think Uh you did an excellent job of not giving us certain details so that we couldn't pick them apart. You know what I'm saying? Uh Yeah. But but the the grief and the idea that this woman has has gone through this mental state that has left her just completely broken and everybody's just trying to hold her together because she is she is the broken eggshell. She is Humpty Dumpty and they they're like, "Well, we don't want to upset her because bad things will happen and we see those bad things happen and all oh, those broke me." I know. And, yeah, to yeah. have her whole family and staff just feed into her. Are we allowed to say what she believes? Like, I don't know how much we spoil. I don't want to spoil. Yeah, and that's the part that my editor and I, we really struggled with. We still don't. And what I like to say is, you know, there there's a huge crazy twist at the end that most people, that's what I hear about is, wow, when we got to the ending, it was so insane. We loved it, blah, blah, blah. But there is that twist, what, the fourth or fifth chapter in, and we're still kind of keeping that. Yeah, ruin it because I have had some readers that are like, "Oh, we knew from page one, like that. We figured that that's what the case was." And then I had some readers that they did not expect that scene at all, and were shocked by it. So that's kind of pleasant too. Um, Yeah. So it's been hard to market the book because it's like the best thing. How do you talk about it then? Yeah, it's a nanny book like no other. It's you know there are lots of amazing nanny books out there. This one's just different. We can't really tell you why. You're gonna to have to read it to, to know why. Um, but special circumstances twist. apply. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But there's one twist that we will not make you wait chapters and chapters to find out. Like you will, it will be in the, at least the first four or five chapters. And so that's so we will we will discuss this book with the utmost discretion. Yes. And um, but you know, honestly, this show is of course about your book, but it's also about the writing process. And the publication process and all of the stuff that leads up to, yay, a book party that makes us go, why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you said three books in a year and yet Penguin Random House. When you say three books in a year, most of us think, okay, you're, you're with a smaller press or indie mm-hmm. press, something that can get three books out in a year. Okay. What was your timeline like from the first book? And were they all with Penguin Random House? Mm-hmm. Can you back it up and? walk us through what happened here? Yeah. So I'm with two publishers. So I signed with my agent and she stuck with me for four years trying to sell my first book. 
and we couldn't sell it. We got rejected by 10 editors. And you know how they always say, like, while you're on sub, write something else. So I was starting to write. <laughs> I'm sorry that we both were like. <laughs> it's a good thing I didn't have the drink in my mouth because I would have done a spit take. But you go on. You're good. <laughs> and so I would, that's what I would do on the weekends is I just kept writing. And, you know, I told my agent, these 10 editors, it, it, I'm never going to sell a book. And she was like, my God, do you know how many editors are out there? Just fix some of the stuff that they suggested. And so by the time I read a lot of their feedback, I was like, oh, I'm learning a few things and I'm going to make those changes in this new book that I'm working on. And that's what we eventually sold to Bookator and um, they're an imprint under Hachette Publishing. So they are a smaller publisher. They're more of a digital publisher, but they have surprised the heck out of us. Like we didn't know what to expect going with them. Um, so are they only digital or do they have, no, I was going to say Hachette is mostly known for audio. So maybe that that's like their bigger thing, because I hear a lot of my stuff when I do Hachette audio presents. Right. With no, they're great. It's, uh, their ebook, their ebook heavy because the former, I think the guy who started book tour, he rolled out of a large publisher and he saw the math and how, okay, people are really turning toward ebooks, especially in Europe. There are all these other markets. Um, we can do a low price point and then there's quantity and the math works. Like it's amazing how much they're able to sell off eBooks, but they also do an audio for every uh, book contract and they also do paperback. So that was kind of, you know, that was neat for me. And so we signed a two book deal with them. Well, I also, cause I'm a weirdo. I was also writing another book, which happened to be Nanny Needed. And I showed that to my agent. She was like, Oh my God, I'm shopping this right now. And a month later we sold it to Penguin Random House. So that's how I had two contracts with two different publishers. And yeah, and then it was boom, 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 all the deadlines. That's incredible. Yeah. Especially the four years before that you're like, oh, for four yeah. years, nothing sold. And then I had three books published in one year. Was your head spinning? <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, it was an adrenaline rush too, you know, because kept telling myself and I want every you know anybody who's writing just you always hear it's like keep trying don't give up and I know it sounds so cliche but it's true it's like I just knew that I wanted it so badly and I enjoyed writing so much and I think that's why I was doing it every weekend after my full-time gig and um and I, I knew that I wanted it to be more than a hobby and so it was okay well if, if editors if they're if they're going to pass on this manuscript they might buy the next one and I just kept telling myself that and believing in that. And um, you almost have to, right? Like, I think with any, you have to have a thick skin, as you guys know, yeah. in the author world. And there is this, like, insane amount of, of optimism and confidence that you need to push yourself through some of the parts. I feel like we all need um, a staff and a family in a way similar to Colette's to just be like, you will yeah. be a successful author. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're definitely going to win the Bram Stoker Award. You already did. You know, like, <laughs> you already did. did. Thank you. Yeah. I, I really want for that. I just want the chef. I really just want Fred to live here and cook for us every day. That's okay, but I would have, I, I will take issue with someone telling me I've got to finish my coffee. I have never finished a coffee in my entire life. I would be in so much trouble yelling, finish your coffee before you leave the kitchen. Why? Why do I? Yeah, that gave me like there? a little bit of a panic attack, Georgie. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, she has to just like drink it all really fast. Yes. yes. And that was, um, 
I give credit to my editor for that because she, you know, without us spoiling some stuff, there were certain characters that she was like, hey, why don't we slide in some really odd moments that will make the reader go, like, what's Mm -hmm. up with that? And and so let's do that for a couple of people um, and it'll throw them off. And then they just I feel like you did that for almost everybody. Oh, yeah. In in a way, like very subtle things where you're just like, why is he giving her shade for no reason? Like, she's just the new nanny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Steven would be nice. And then he flashed the handle. Then, and then yeah. like, did he really um, kill this person? No, he's trying to help her. You really just don't know who to trust in the entire household. Mm-hmm. And that's what she felt. So, you know, it was like, it just kept getting tighter and tighter and more tense um, to where she felt like she couldn't run, couldn't escape. It's almost like Stockholm syndrome toward the end. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Everything's terrible. I'm moving in. What, huh? Wait. Yeah. Should yeah. I be here? This is probably yeah. not where I should be. And yet I am. Yeah. I feel like we've all had jobs like that though, haven't <laughs> we? Even like you might not live there, but like you start thinking, yeah. why, why, I, why do I come here every day? Right. It's terrible. Why why be here? Like I'm being like yelled at. And then you're like, well, where else am I going to go? Well, and Georgina, <laughs> one of the things you mentioned earlier that you were talking about getting feedback from the editor so were you getting actual constructive feedback that was leading into how you wrote these other books or was it for changing the draft that you were actually working on that they were considering or a bit of both? They had, they, so they bought, the, they bought, um, so Bookator bought Stepdaughter as it was written. But then of course that editor, she had some really amazing changes. Some of the changes I was like, Ooh, um, but she was absolutely right. She made the stepdaughter a hundred percent better. And I thank Maisie completely for that. And, um, you know, cause you guys know, it's like, it's like seeing the forest through the trees and we get so bogged down in our own 80, 90, hundred thousand words or whatever. Mm-hmm. It has to fly in and be like, this part needs to get axed or this part needs to be strengthened. And so, um, so we did change, made changes for that, but because of the two book contract and book a tour is really fast. Like they are a, once you turn in that, that manuscript, that your book will publish in six months or less. Wow. It's fast. The, the, the schedule comes in and it's like, you know, line edits and this edit and covers revealed. I mean, it is boom, 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 all the way until book launch, which is amazing. So some of their authors will sign three book deals and they will write and release three books a year. Um, that sounds really exhausting, but... Yeah. I know. I was just like woozy here thinking about it. But if you can handle, and they're making great money, um, especially the romance writers, they're making great money. So, um, so with the two book deal, they said, okay, now you have to write book two. And I had written some synopsis. They, they bought one of the synopsis or agreed and said, that'll be your second book. And it's due in two and a half months. So what did you do? Is this, are these the photos I saw of you when you're like, I'm locked in? Didn't you lock yourself like in the basement? And no, that's like, for the latest book. Oh, so okay. This, this is last summer, you know, and the kids were home because it was virtual school. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, everybody went through that experience and it was really hell on earth. And um, and just trying to figure out how to work, work at home. And so I left my full-time job because I was like, I really have no idea how I'm going to tackle all these contracts. Yes, you, you can't write a hundred thousand word book in two and a half months. And I did. Well, I mean, literally, you all have laugh. I had like tennis elbow. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I, and then to make it even more insane, um, I was hired to ghostwrite a book. 
And so because I was able to leave my full-time job, I thought, okay, well, I need at least to have a part-time job or some sort of paycheck because I can't go 20 plus years with this model of being paid every two weeks to all of a sudden, you know how it is. It's like advances, you got to wait eight months and then there's royalties and you wait another year. Dear God. And so, um, so she hired me to ghostwrite her book. So I wrote her book. And then in the middle of all that, Nanny needed, of course, that editor at Penguin Random House. She had edits and changes and da 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 da. So it it's been intense. And then I signed another two book deal with Book of Tour. So I turned that book in last February. And that, of course, has a bunch of changes and stuff I'm gonna have to rework. And then the pictures, Jennifer, that you saw where I was in the writing bunker, I think honestly, that was come May, June when my adrenaline was running out. You know, that's what really carried me through last year and the year and a half of, yeah, I've toiled for four years and I finally have all these book contracts and that adrenaline carried me. And then by May, June, I was crashing. And I feel yeah. like everybody on the planet was crashing yeah. by May, June of this past year. Cause we were mm-hmm. like, we're like, oh, we survived a pandemic. And then we're like, oh, did we? It's still going on. Oh yeah. my gosh. I have to keep doing this in my house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. I think mental health for so many of us just crash. And then, you know, it, it didn't help that all four, we have a combined family of four sons. So then they were just loud and, and just stopping and, and basketball practices and friends coming over. And I was like, I'm about to lose it. And so I found the one room, which is below the stairs. That's a picture of Jennifer that you've seen. That's my right. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's where I am right now below my stairs. <laughs> well, I'm just laughing. You're saying four boys. I have, I have two girls and a boy and they're plenty loud, but I'm just imagining if they were all boys at the same volume as my boy. I feel like four boys in a house that has a bar in the basement is actually the, like a sitcom. <laughs> but for you, it's not funny. I understand that. You're like, so I'm freaking a, out. <laughs> we have a ring camera um, on the other side of this counter because we know what we were like as teenagers. <laughs> so the kids, I mean, if they come, they like only the oldest one comes in here, the 20, he's 23. So he'll come in and he can get whatever he wants. But yeah, we're all caught. Can he get whatever he wants? Like even the good stuff? Or does, he, you know, he, he, he probably doesn't know. He, he, he doesn't know what the good stuff is. Yeah, he, exactly. He's like, where's the fireball? <laughs> the, the, the high school kid is the one that I'm like, mm, we've got eyes. <laughs> Do you need like an elf on the shelf? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, the nanny cam. Like, the new, we have I a know. nanny cam. Nanny needed, Georgina. Nanny needed. (laughs) (laughs) I really, like I said earlier, I really just want the chef. I really want Fred to come live here. If you think about the amount of time that we have to put into like feeding people. Mm -hmm. So many of our conversations, Jen, end with, I've got to go feed people. I have to feed people. Like I'm really on a roll, but now apparently people are hungry. Mm -hmm. I'm hungry, but I can wait. I can eat Cheez-Its. Right. Fine. Right. So will mine, but I don't want them to. Like, because that's that's what they would do. I need them to eat and keep growing because they're all they're all too short to start with. So, (laughs) (laughs) especially my my oldest, she's like the tiniest in her class, and she's in a combo class, so she's got older kids too, and she's just yeah. I always think think she looks tall and slender because she's teeny. (laughs) She's just me. 
You're a good mama because the last few months, I mean, cooking, it's, it's literally because it's been so intense with all the writing schedules. I'm still, I'm trying to finish up a draft right now. So, I mean, I, I told the whole, I was like, fend for yourselves guys. I mean, it's like Lord of the Flies. I was going to say, it's like Lord of the Flies up there. They're going to just like, going to be like passing around a conch shell and that's who gets to decide where you order food from. Yeah. So they just, you know, they just know that they pretty much have to go get their own food. Um, and so two of them are working, so they'll go get their own food. And then, you know, I'll have to feed the 13 year old or he'll just eat ramen all the time. But even then, I'm like, I'm kind of like you. I could eat cheeses. I could do soups. Because yeah, I was going to say, like, ramen all the time at that age is fine. Yeah. I mean, it's fine until you're out of college. I think your system can handle it. It can handle all the sodium. It's yeah, just like once you're 24, your body's like, I'm going to give you high blood pressure. Yeah. I just don't know how you guys are, but um, after I write, I, I am physically and mentally drained. Mm-hmm. And... And it could be a lot because the adrenaline was running out and I, I was crashing and you know, the whole work burnout thing. And, um, but I was drained. So the idea of like getting up and even feeding anybody hells to the no. And so my poor husband and, um, and he's like, how much, how many more months of this is going to last? Like, hey. Forever. Forever. <laughs> this is life now. This is your new normal until like, in, like until it slows down enough where you get those like really fat, like Netflix checks where like because it's a nanny needed tv series so in yeah. like, where they, they, they show the trailers for like right after you watch an episode of you and they're like next on nanny needed and you're like Whoa. i don't yeah i don't know so they they're saying it, it would be a standalone oh. movie <gasps> but they are but somebody is saying something oh i thought y'all knew no oh oh I last i saw it, they were they were optioning it in like Danish, I want to say, and Russian, which when I read it quickly, I was like, you're getting Danishes? That sounds delicious. And then I realized you meant the language, but go on. I would love Danish. If anybody wants to bring me Danish, I'm I will hungry. Um, Georgina yeah, so can DM people her address for Danish deliveries. <laughs> so we've been selling foreign rights, which is cool. It's just always cool. I saw that. Yeah. So stepdaughter, we've had some foreign rights. Um, missing woman, they're working on it. And then Nanny Nina, we've been selling um, form rights. But no, so Netflix uh, is buying, or they have bought the rights to the stepdaughter and Nanny Nina. Oh, nice. Oh my gosh. Now I feel like I'm a fake psychic because I was saying it and I didn't know it. <laughs> you you so knew good. it in your bones. I knew it in my old craggy witch bones. Those are good yeah. for soup. <laughs> They're good for soup. <laughs> Sorry, I I still wanted to make a Lord of the Flies joke about where they'd eat at Piggy's Barbecue. Mm. Oh, God, <laughs> <no>. Sorry, <laughs> she's still mad at me for posting a picture of the pork loin from a couple nights ago because she's a vegetarian. Like, sorry, vegan. I'm not it's mad at you. I was just like, <laughs> I needed a trigger warning. Sorry, <laughs> it was good. Like some way. people want it for like horror or something like that. Yeah. I need like a meat trigger warning. That's true. That's, that's right. Very true. Yeah, no, but, I'm eating a steak in front of you, Jennifer. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, we've read books over the like. We read so many books, like outside of what we would normally read for this show. And one of the books was I'm not going to say which one. And it this has no bearing on what I thought of the book. But they ate a flying fox during it because it was oh, in a different okay. country. Which one? Oh, that one. <laughs> and I was like. Mm-hmm. I can barely remember the rest of the plot because that's mm-hmm. the one thing I'm like, they're eating a flying fox. That's yeah, you kind of unique. You disassociated there. I, disassociated. Like, I, I floated up out of my body. 
<laughs> and was like, I cannot deal with this. And then burned the book. Uh, I did not. <laughs> that's, that's very unique. I've never heard of that. And um, yeah, I don't know. Who doesn't, it's, so it's funny. I was just at a book club dinner last night. And so they put together, um, Penguin Random House put together a book club kit which was super cool. And in it, it was like a letter from me. And then they had sketches um, similar to the gowns that, that Sarah and Colette wear to the party. And then they had a, a map of Manhattan. So it was like all the different places. If you don't, you know, aren't, don't, aren't as familiar with New York city, you could see all the places that they went to in the book. And then they had a double spread on recipes from the party. And I laughed because I, I was like, I don't cook. <laughs> And you're like, I haven't fed my children in a year. (laughs) These recipes, y'all. Okay. So they're not, it's not even cooking. And if anybody reads the book and knows me, they're like, oh my God, that was the extent of Georgina's. Because this is like a fancy catered party. And yet all I could write in the book was there was bruschetta and then like toasted blah, blah, blah. And so the two recipes in the book club kit, it's literally like, you take the pan and then you take the bread, bread you, you know, put the one. I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> really rudimentary cooking. Like, do you know how to make toast? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I just told everybody how to make toast. Um, and yeah. we grab those kind of It's so, fine. It's fine. We have to blame the chef in your book for that. Yes. Not I you. Was, I was just making a hot cocoa with chocolate shavings. The yeah, hot I cocoa mean, sounded great. I will say that. Yeah, well, and you had you had delicious food mentioned, but you're talking about a, a lifestyle where the nanny didn't need to cook and the family didn't need to cook. So why would there be recipes? Because they're going to fancy parties and fancy restaurants and having like toast points and little bits of avocado. And I think there was I like feel like the recipes in your book would have been like how much champagne versus how many pills you can take <laughs> to like maintain the perfect Colette state. Right, right. Like, and it's like a tipping point if there's like too much of one or the other. No, you're totally right. There should have been champagne, like the magnums of champagne, and then um, her her pills and her Xanax. Because yeah, I mean, she Colette was. She will probably be one of my most favorite characters that I've written. Um, I loved her. Yeah, me too. And because she was so broken, and she was so. Um, crazy and and because <laughs> she be bonks georgina she was right, bonkers right she could tip at any moment i felt like i could have this woman tip and it would be completely believable that she would just spin out of control and so that the was the toy funny. store yeah yeah oh, the gosh. toy store it made yeah. me want to go to fao schwartz and pick a fight with a rich woman yes <laughs> i mean she was she was looney tunes but there was this um, and this was my editor's doing too, where she, because the original draft, I had Sarah very, um, almost like, uh, she was kind of mean toward Colette, just, oh, I'm here for the money, I need the job, but, but this woman's crazy in this behavior. And so we softened that to where it was more of this like tug, you know, pull and tug of, of emotions where I know this woman's crazy, but I need to help her. I feel a kinship to her. I feel like I should do something and that's what allowed her to stay as long as she did because she felt like maybe she was the only person in the household that could could help her and so there was and she was told that too like she was like blatantly told that by Mm -hmm. like colette herself you're the only one that can help me you're the only one that can understand me and i think that makes such a great character choice because she's like well if i left i would really be heartless and also homeless because they were paying her really great money. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. is true. 
I mean, really great money. So my sister lived in New York City. So a lot of the places was very much inspired by like walking around her apartment. And um, I was at, I was on a Zoom call the other night and one of the, the ladies said, I've been to Hearst, that restaurant where they work. And I was like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a real restaurant, but we changed the street. Like we moved it to 13th, you know, and just made little changes just in case. Like, I don't think it, you know, nothing bad happens at the restaurant. Colette shows up, throws a fit, you know, gets everybody fired. I'm sure that happens every day there. I would say the owner isn't terribly nice, but I I know what you're saying. I usually, when I'm referencing places, I either make it a chain where nothing happens or I make up a place because even if nothing happens there, I don't want somebody to be like, you know, you, you just tainted my, my impression of this place. And now I can't eat there again. I'm going to complain to the manager. And then like, somebody's going to say like, I can't go to Olive Garden again because like you wrote something so horrible. I would never, not about Olive Garden. Cheese bowls. (laughs) (laughs) No. So, so that restaurant's real. So that means I can actually go get a Caprese there and I'm kind of want one now. You, you absolutely can. And I was shocked. Like, I don't know why I was shocked that she said that because I'm like, there's millions of people who live in New York city, but there's also thousands of restaurants, but no, she knew, she knew that restaurant. And that was three, four doors down from my sister's place. And, um, you know, my sister had this tiny little apartment in East village, and, but it was great because from there we could walk and could explore. And that's how we ended up you know, up in East side, upper West side, and would see these huge apartments and brownstones and penthouses and just think, what are these people's lives like? And, um, and that's really where there's nothing like walking through upper central park and Mm -hmm. getting to like the upper East side and the upper West side and just going, Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is that even like? Yeah. What do these people do for a living? Because I know how does anyone make that much money? It's crazy. It's crazy. And I knew about tutors who um, would go and tutor for a lot of these families. And so some of the penthouses they would go into were three or four stories tall. Mm-hmm. If you can even imagine that and household staff live in all that. So I would hear those stories and kind of bank that in my head. And then as we would walk more and I particularly look up at these penthouses and just, you know, imagine these families and yeah, it was, what do these people do for a living? Um, but also just, are they happy? You know, money doesn't buy everything. We all know that. So even with all the money in the world, like what are they hiding? What can they use their money to get away with even? Um, you know, with Colette, like they certainly used money to for her to get some of the things she wanted to get away with. They used money to kind of, you know, pin her down. Um, but that was really where the idea came from. And so instead of a tutor, I thought, well, who else could go and infiltrate this family? And um, be an outsider, especially someone who's like not from that world mm-hmm. at all, um, and is enraptured by it, right? And so that was allowed her to be lured in more. And so it was like, okay, we'll have a nanny. And would that be cool if like the family and the kid are just wackadoodle? <laughs> so- See, I'm, I'm just laughing because as soon as you said multi-story penthouse, I'm picturing the set of the Disney show Jesse, which is about a New York nanny, which has the multi-story penthouse. Yep. And of course, m- my kids have a very messed up sense of how much money certain people have because everybody they see on TV is ridiculously wealthy and has like a pet Komodo dragon because reasons mm-hmm. your book had no Komodo dragons and I'm okay with that. Yeah. There were no animals. animals. I feel like that's not a family that could remember right. to eat a dog. <laughs> no. 
And I know they have staff for that, but I also think their staff was very busy babysitting the family mm-hmm. and making that amazing hot chocolate. So that it wouldn't be like, oh, we've got to feed the Labradoodle <laughs> his special raw organic diet with his probiotics <laughs> sprinkled on top. Yeah, like, so it's just- probably like the hypoallergenic kind, right? They would have to have a hypoallergenic dog because I don't think they would allow shedding in that kind of apartment. No. Colleen would have had a fit. She would have actually, like, I know she was the housekeeper, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, you never saw her with a vacuum. Right. Right. Well, because I I feel like she probably had her own staff that nobody even ever saw. (laughs) Because how much mess do that? Yeah. The rubber band, somebody asked me about that too. They said, what's up with that? And um they've never been to therapy so okay so do you do that jennifer i don't but it was recommended to me by my therapist a million years ago but now i'm on xanax so i don't need to i had one that told me to and then i talked to my medical doctor and my medical doctor looked at me like i'd grown a third head and said that practice is so outdated i cannot believe your your therapist was recommending this and sent me to a I feel like therapist. I feel like in oh, I'm going to say something terrible and be like in New England I don't think it's out <laughs> in SoCal you can't get away with that but but yeah, yeah when, as soon as I read that that's where my brain went to with the whole snap it snap mm-hmm. it because it was just like we were talking about earlier it was just enough of a you know mm-hmm. what's going on there she seems a little bit nervous she seems a little bit off and it was always you know when Stephen was around so it would it would kind of make you think, okay, Steve, there's something wrong up with the... the he triggers her. Yeah, yeah something's yeah. up. And and so I loved planting those little seeds. Um, and that, that again, was, yeah, that was my editor's suggestion, was come up with something. And I have a girlfriend who does that. And I'd see her in meetings, you know, just like stuff would be going down and people were like getting all intense. And I just see her very quietly, like, oh, think, think, you know. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah it was really bad. Me. It was like, pop, pop, pop. And so it just. Yeah, I got like, that. I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the yeah. second she did it the first time, I was like, yes. Yeah. I am there in that apartment yeah. going, oh, should I work for these people? Yeah. And then, but and I still would have said yes. Like all of the bonker stuff, like I would have stayed. That's like the kind the money. I mean, the money, the money, and the free rent. Holy cow! Oh, free rent in New York City, and you get a paycheck. Yeah, 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 and you really don't have to do anything at this job. I mean, she she really didn't have to do much at this job, and so it was. It was just one of those situations where it's too good to be true, and of course, we know why. Every you know, if it's that good to be true, then then something's going down and and then we find out everything that happens later. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was, that was a fun one to write. It's just, it's funny because it was like my third book, but it was, I was signed, you know, I already had it turned in, but, but then the missing woman. So um, missing woman, just with the schedule that, that it was with the other publisher, it came out in January. And so, yeah, that one got written in two and a half months and it was just, and didn't have a choice, you know, you got to turn it in, turn it and um and so I'm I'm finishing the latest book for Penguin, and I think that's coming out either late next year, I believe. I don't know. We, I've pushed back some deadlines, um, and then the next book tour book will come out next summer. Well, and congratulations! Then, yeah, gosh. So you're still doing like the two track too. So it wasn't like okay, you had this and now you've moved on. You're still doing both. Yeah. 
Georgina, when do you sleep? I was going to say she'll sleep eventually. She'll sleep eventually. I told my sister, I was like, I think in April I might. You can schedule a nap. (laughs) I might, I might take a break in April. And she was like, Oh my God. And you know, it's just, um, but this is what I've wanted for years. And, and this is what it's going to take, you know, until the books will, you know, keep picking up and, and selling. And then, you know, maybe I can take a little bit more of a pause, but yeah, April, I'm, I'm looking forward to my, my break in April. I'm going to go oh somewhere. My gosh. Go my someplace phone. amazing. Yeah. Just like not take my phone. And I was going to say, don't just... take your laptop. <clears throat> don't leave that at home. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so. Georgina, you were amazing to talk to. Thank you for being here. Um, everybody who's watching this live or on the replay, make sure to check out Georgina's work. Her uh, website is scrolling underneath us. Check out Nanny Needed, which I just loved. Uh, and stay tuned next week. Yeah, hold up that book cover. Uh, stay tuned next week. We have SD Sykes with The Good Death. Is that correct, Allison? Yes, I'm like, she's fact checking me. I yes. thought I was going to get the title wrong because I haven't started it's reading it. It's A Good Death. A Good Death. I ruined it. Maybe it's the, I don't know. Well, I can something, something good death. By SD it's the good death. Yeah, the good is. death. Yeah. Well, I'm intrigued. I know. Uh, anything with that kind of title. I'm like, yeah, that I'm sounds intrigued. great. Um, thank you, everybody, at the Global Authors on the Air Radio Network, including Pam Stack, our executive producer, Roman Searton, our producer. This has been a copywritten podcast, and we will see you all next week.